You're listening to the Baird and Baird Podcast. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back into another episode of the Bear to Bear podcast. I'm joined here again with my dad, Dr. Kevin Baird. How are you doing, Dad? Hey, great to be with you, Clay. Just a couple of uh, pastors, ministers from two different generations looking at life, church, uh, all sorts of things from a generational angle. So I'm excited to be back talking today. We are pumped. And so hopefully you've been already listening to some of the podcast. Uh, I know we just came out of a couple episodes on uh, preaching and teaching and communicating. So if you haven't uh, checked those out, I think we're going to be doing a couple more episodes where we're not done with that conversation. But we wanted to break it up today in today's episode and kind of just uh, tackle something else, and then we'll get back into some of the preaching and teaching stuff. But um, today we want to talk about the idea of uh, shepherds, right? That there's not enough shepherds. Uh, And by that, we're talking about uh, spiritual fathers, we're talking about uh, mentoring, all all those types of things. Uh, That's that's the topic of conversation. And so uh, just to kick it off, you know, Jesus told a story uh, in John chapter 10. Uh, He gave us a parable. Jesus is like the master of parables. He's a master storyteller. Uh, he always had a great just way of putting things that made it easy to digest, but he calls himself the good shepherd. And right here in John chapter 10, starting in verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees a wolf coming, he abandons the sheep. He runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand, and he cares nothing for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know my Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, right? So here's Jesus. He's talking about being a shepherd. Obviously, he refers to the fact that when you are a shepherd, there is care for sheep, and uh, Dad's been doing, you know, local church ministry for over 30 years, and here I am now about, I don't know what, 13, 14 years in myself. And uh, so let's talk about this idea of, 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 of shepherds, because here's what I believe, and then I'll, I'll kick it to you. You can share some of the stuff you've been teaching uh, in some discipling classes and stuff like that. But I think in my generation right now, I'm 34 years old, uh, I, I think that there are too many preachers, not enough pastors. There's too many preachers not enough shepherds. I think a lot of guys um, don't, don't either they don't, I, I don't know if I would say they don't see the need. I think we all recognize, hope, a lot of us recognize the need of there being pastors, but for whatever reason, there's just been this draw towards, I'd just rather be the teacher. I'd just rather be the, the speaker, the communicator, the preacher, and, and the pastoring the, the fathering, the, the shepherding, as it, as it refers, you know, like the care sense of the word, the, the ministry of presence with people, all that kind of stuff, that's kind of not been kind of out in the front of, of uh, I think, as many of the younger generation's mind. Um, because here's what we've seen. We've seen that if you're, a, if you're a halfway decent communicator, you could probably do pretty well in the church game. You know what I mean? Like, you can... You can you can build something. I mean, I, I think where you choose to plan a church and go about it, obviously all of that is a factor, but what we've seen is that communicating these days can certainly draw an audience quicker. And so what are, what are some of your thoughts when it comes to shepherds? Uh, because I know there's a difference, and you're going to talk about it, between, between mentors and coaching and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, you're exactly right. I mean, um, communication is such a vital part of 
church life because uh, we're about discipling, teaching, training, you know, uh, presenting the gospel. And so communication is a vital part, and of course it's affirmed, it's on uh, the platform, uh, it's seen, it's esteemed. And uh, honestly, if uh, churches are looking for uh, a pastor, that's going to be high on their list. I mean, right. if I come to church, are you going to be able to teach me Can or you preach to me yeah. in such a way that I don't fall asleep? So uh, we can't diminish the importance of it, but at the same time, uh, I remember uh, being told when I was first studying for the ministry years and years ago, and I found it to be true, that really only about 10% of the ministry actually is about communicating. I, I mean, if you're in a, a, a church, let's say a couple hundred people, which would you know, be a, a, a an average size, right, really right. larger than an average size church in America, where a lot of the ministry is still certainly over your direct oversight and probably being done by your very hands, you're going to find out that 10, 15, 20 percent of your ministry is communicating uh, to people on a Sunday morning. Outside of that, you're going to be discipling, organizing, administrating, uh, walking with people through life, the ministry of presence, as you said, funerals, marriages, all the different things that are going on, uh, you're going to be doing that. And so uh, for the young adult that is aspiring to step into the work of the ministry, to be involved in a ministry, uh, let's say it's a, it's a larger church that has a lot of specialized areas, and the, the lead pastor is predominantly the main communicator, it can give a false impression that this is all there is to it. That yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm just a preaching machine. Yeah. And and some are great at it. And you're right, they can fill a room up wherever they go. They're gonna pack the house out because their their communication skills are are out of, you know, out of the 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 room, you know, yeah. great. So yeah. so how you know we've we've got to find a way in order to download reality to aspiring ministers that that's great and, and glad you can communicate but that's not all that ministry is about yes so. and, and and what it's doing I, I because the communicating side is so out in front obviously digital media social media everything I mean you don't we're not posting a lot about the care moments right we're not posting a lot oh, about no. the, the shepherd so exactly to speak. we're posting I mean what get, what gets posted what gets seen is the communicating the sure. teaching the preaching and all that so I do think that some uh some of the next generation are coming into ministry thinking not thinking what you just said right like 20% no they're thinking the communicating is like 80 85% you know and and so and I think for those of us who actually get into ministry you realize well oh, no, th there is there is a lot that's required. Well, exactly, other than because if you build a work on eighty five percent communication skills, you're going to find out. Let's go back to one of the original episodes. What makes a healthy church? Right. You're you're going to have a preaching center. Yeah. And not necessarily a church, an uh, an operating, functioning, healthy body right. of believers. You're going to have a preaching center that everybody descends on, and then everybody walks out and goes yeah. about whatever they go about doing the rest of the week. I don't know that that's healthy, nor do I necessarily believe that's what Jesus said that he was building that the the gates of hell would not prevail against. So Okay. So let's talk about all right, so let's talk about fa spiritual fathers and spiritual sons. And let's what what are some of the responsibilities and the weight that's on the father side? What's some of the responsibilities yeah. and weight that's on the son side because let me just throw this out there to the podcasting world, anyone who cares to listen uh, about church stuff. This is this is I'm 34, so I'll just play the sun the sun card. I'll play on the sun side for just a second. I think we because like I've already said, because I think we have a lot of of individuals coming into ministry thinking that it is heavy majority on the preaching and teaching side. That's what it is. 
to some degree, I think we have ourselves to blame for this. And when I say we, I mean like like some of the church, capital C. Now I understand there's a lot of different camps out there, denominations. So this this is just this is just the camp that I've been around. I guess I think we have ourselves to blame because some of the the fathers, so to speak, when, some of the spiritual fathers, when if all that is ever affirmed, are guest preachers that come in for 24 hours, do the conference, if, if that's all that is affirmed, if that's all that the, the senior pastor, right, the father of the house, if that's all that is ever um, celebrated on social media, look at this individual, this man, this woman, their gift is so amazing, wasn't that an awesome conference, they preached so well, that was the greatest message I've ever heard. If that's all that is ever affirmed publicly, if, and I, I told someone the other day this, if the guest preacher is affirmed more then the staff guy, then don't be surprised when your staff guy would rather be the guest <laughs> Wants preacher. Wants to be the guest speaker. I, right? I, I, I get and, it. And, and so I, I, I feel like, and I want you to share, because you're going to be able to share really well from the spiritual father side of things, but, but I feel like that's not all to blame, but, but some, we, we, we've done it to ourselves. We've created this in the next generation ourselves by only wanting to celebrate the teaching and preaching gift. And so then when we have young men and young women in their 20s who are chomping at the bit like a racehorse, open the gate, let me run, give me the mic. Why, will, why won't the pastor let me preach on Sunday? Oh, he doesn't see my gift, and if he doesn't see my gift, I'm just going to leave. I'm going to go do my own thing. And I think both of us agree that's not healthy, Right. but I think the reason to some extent that it exists is because not all of them are just prideful, arrogant, 20-something-year-olds. I think at the end of the day, some of them just want to do what they see being affirmed. And so, like, I mean, I just think we're we're all just kids wanting to be affirmed by a spiritual father. Right. And so, um, so I, you know, I, I told a dude the other day, like, you know, like if your missions department at your church really sucks and it's just not good and no one participates, it's really not a, it's not a mystery as to how you can change that. Just start publicly affirming missions often, all the time, because I think people want to be a part of what they see affirmed. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we were a part of that years ago at a large mega church when the senior pastor got a heart for Russia, and he was going over there eight times a year. I mean, an incredible amount of times, yeah. two weeks every time he went over, and he would come back and say, Russia, 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 Russia. Well, all of a sudden, he started saying, hey, let's let's take people over, and we need workers in Russia. Right. And man... Every time he would go, there'd be 30, 40 people that take the trip with him, and, and you're exactly right. So what gets affirmed, obviously, is the magnet that draws people because to... Because what I think is not fair is I don't think it's fair to con- always condemn the, the, young, the younger one in ministry right. for wanting to aspire to more and be more when... When again, they just—they're just trying to do what they see you well, affirming. And- exactly. Paul said to Timothy, First um, Timothy chapter three, he said, uh, "If any aspire to be an overseer, if any aspire to be a bishop, you have desired a good thing." Yeah, so, yeah. in other words, he—he's looking at Timothy, saying, "This isn't a bad thing that you have these leadership, uh, you know, drawings yep. inside of you." So he—he he affirms that because Paul. In First uh, Timothy chapter one verse two says that Timothy, I address this to you, Timothy, a true son, right in the faith. It's an interesting, uh, that's good, true son in the faith. Uh, my question, and I and I wrote about this on my blog site, yeah. which by the way you can go to at drkevinbear.com. But shameless but there, plug. <laughs> I'm going to give another <laughs> shameless plug before this is over. But 
but are there false sons? See, this is all about a relationship. And we talked about the fact that, okay, so Paul says you, you, have, a, you have this incredible uh, call, this ache, this desire, passion right, inside of right, you. Right, 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 right to give leadership. Let's even take it out of the realm of communication. Okay. That's a part of leadership. Yep. Let's just take it out of that you realm. You want to be a leader. So you you have this passion for it. He says, good. Now he goes into a whole chapter of, let me tell you a little bit about what this entails. Okay. So he gives character qualifications, household management. He goes through this whole deal about what it means to be a leader. Yep. Now, so good. You have, you have a passion, but now the question is how... Are you the one that is to determine whether or not, or do you need a father to not only open the doors, to give you kudos, encouragement, inspiration, all those things yeah. are certainly a part of a father's responsibility. And again, the illustration will break down, I understand, between, like, you and I are biological right. father and son. Yep. And so our relationship is such that we can interact in such a way that at the end of the day, we're going to still be father and son at yep. the end of the day. But if this is a spiritual father and son, uh, th- that can be a little dicier because blood is thicker than water. Yes, yes. So these are these are this relationship is challenging, and the son has to remember that the father still has probably some aspirations. Yeah. The father has some goals. The father has some responsibilities. The father has some experience under his belt. He he can probably see things and know things, and so this relationship becomes one of trust. It becomes uh, one that has to have uh, conversation, because if there's not conversation related to it, then what happens is there are unspoken expectations that end up becoming points of disappointment and uh, potentially bitterness and offense. For example, if uh, we're going to do this like we're not related, but but let's say you come on staff, and inside you're going, man, I see... I see Dr. Kevin as a mentor, as a spiritual dad. I want to learn from him. I yep. can be enlarged by him. And all this is going through your mind. And, and maybe a little of it bleeds out on occasion, but mostly it's stuff that's going on in your mind. And, and so you've already identified me as sort of this spiritual father. Now, let's, let's talk about a fatherless generation who already may not have a great yes. connection. So now you've got this connection. Here I am. I don't see it that way. I'm just needing... a a worship specialist. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm just needing somebody to get up there, uh, sing well, sing on pitch. Yeah. You know, put together a worship just team. A team member. And I need okay. a team member. Okay. I, I'm, I'm not against their future, but I'm not. But if that never gets talked about, what happens is okay. when I treat you as a team member and not a son, you're offended because you've invested emotion and you've invested love, probably. Yeah. Uh, and and adulation and honor and all the things, and and here I am just saying, I- I'm giving you a paycheck, just yeah. like any other guy out there Got in it. the world, and I'm actually paying you pretty well. Yeah. So what are you complaining about? Right, so, right. So this has to be communicated and talked about. So I agree with what you're saying, Okay. that, that you know, Paul said you have 10,000 teachers, but not many not fathers, yeah. and it's because a lot of us don't know how to be much right. a biological father, much less a spiritual father. And so we're... We're sort of, you know, stumbling yep. along, trying to learn this. We've got a generation that desires it, and and we've got to have these communications of what is your expectation? Because yep. honestly, I can't have a hundred sons. Yeah, and I, so I, I mean, I think we're both tracking that the communication 
part. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that would be amazing. Like that would be incredible. Now, I, I think in in the day that we're in right now, 2019, you know, rolling into 2020, uh, with the amount of large quote unquote mega churches that are around, especially if that is your context of serving, if that is the staff that you are on. Um, you know, I don't know that everyone sits down with the actual senior pastor when they're having an entrance interview. You know what I mean? Like you, maybe you're sitting down with another one of the right. the, the, the right. lead team, and so I so I don't know if they're getting that opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to come on staff at this ten twenty thousand member church. Is this you know like I need to talk to the pastor? Is he going to be my spiritual dad? Like I don't know if that conversation is happening. I, I I agree that it would be awesome if communication lines were open. But let me ask you this question. Here's a question then. If you are a lead pastor or a senior pastor or in that lead church position of leadership, right? Like, is it required that you're a spiritual father? Like, what is, like, how does that line up? Like, can you sit in that seat and opt out of being a spiritual father to sons and, and just say, I recognize that I'm the senior pastor of this church, but really, I I just want to be a boss at this stage of my life. I'm not trying to be anyone's yeah. spiritual dad. It may be, it's probably a great question to ask, and I don't know that we're going to land on an exact answer, because here's the tension of the 21st century American church is we've already developed a model that probably mimics corporate America more than it mimics you know, a family, because right. when we use the terminology of fathers, sons, I mean, we're using family terminology. That's family language, yep. If you're using corporate uh, language, then obviously your boss is not your 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 dad. Ooh, this conversation just took a turn. I like. <laughs> I think I like this too much. Uh, so uh, you know, uh, I, you know, and, and I'm not tossing stones at anybody. I can only imagine the wheels that are turning right in in an organization that has you know multiple you know, ministry areas and things that are happening, and, and it's a... Well, there's 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 campuses, there's cities, there's locations that are involved, there's millions of dollars that's involved, it's it's oh, a yeah. corporation. And there's it, paychecks, and, and yeah. people are relying on you, yeah. Yeah. and uh, the, the whole thing is running 24-7, yeah. 365, and that's, and, and that's not bad, it just is. And, and so how, how does that work in that situation? I don't know that I have a great answer for that. I will say this, that I think as and we'll just use the gender male, okay. since we're both male here, that as a man matures in ministry, that there is a morphing that takes place, that you, be, you, you, get, you get those feelings. And at first, you're just about, hey, I want to grow a church, I want to I be successful, okay. I, I want to make my mark, I want to leave you know, the legacy. You, you've got, and again, not bad things, not bad, they just yeah. are. But as you age... Then something switches. Then something starts turning. For instance, in me right now, yep. I transitioned out of pastoring for 35 years. People have asked me, why in the world did you do that? It's because I've come to the conclusion I can be more effective with 12 people in a room yep. than I can be with several hundred in an auditorium, or thousand. I'm not yep. saying we dismiss that. You can inspire, and, and Jesus never left the multitudes, right. but Jesus hung the whole movement on 12 guys. Yeah. And, and when you think about Jesus hung the movement on 12 guys, and he invested most of his real energy, his real teaching, his real modeling into those 12 guys, he was convinced that he could have a global work based yeah. on that, and at the same time, still dealing with the multitudes. So 
This is not an either or proposition, okay. but it has to be understood that my I just have come to the conclusion that my most I've got I'm in my last quarter of life probably. I'm 60 here in a couple of weeks and I'm in the last quarter of I got to get you a birthday present. And I just think I can be more effective and impactful with a smaller group. And now I don't have anything to prove. I mean, I've preached yeah. before thousands before. I've I've traveled the world, I've been in countries, I've done just about everything imaginable a guy could do in ministry. So I've checked off all my boxes, so now I, I don't have anything that I feel like I have to prove yeah. to anybody. So now I can do what I feel like is okay. impactful. Okay. So for me, yeah. In fact, I'll just tell you, I had a, a, a young man come out of college class, and he said, Dr. Baird, hey, is there any way I can catch up and have a cup of coffee with you? Because I really, I really need somebody in my life. We were talking about mentors and yep. coaches and spiritual directors in class. And he goes, I really feel like you might be able to help me. And I said his name, and I said, yeah, I, I'm happy to do that. Let's see if God's in this. I don't even know if this is the Lord, but I'm happy to have a conversation right. before I just say yes, because if I say yes to this young man, he will have certain expectations, expectations that need to be clearly defined, or else I'll be a disappointment to him, and I certainly don't want to be that. Yeah, so, yeah. I think what you just said, though, so I think the key you know, is that fam- we're using family language, but sometimes in our churches, they're more corporate than they are family, and that's where lines of communication need to be well, you have your vocab- your vocabulary has to match reality. Yes, that's, re- that's really good. So let me ask you this. So then the next question would be, does ev- do sons, like, does everyone need a spiritual father? Like, you know, obviously, okay, there's the Lord Jesus, right? Take him off the, t- let's take Jesus off the table, right? He's, he's as good as it gets, right? right? But like, in this life, obviously Paul's saying, I, I wish there were more, uh, you know, fathers. Right. Um, so does everyone need one? Because like, I'm, I, here I am looking at my life. Someone asked me this the other day. I was in New Orleans, and uh, I was, I was preaching at a young adult service in New Orleans. Uh, shout out Celebration Church New Orleans. But, um, and uh, and and we were talking. I was talking with my friend Stephen down there, and we were talking about this concept as well about mentoring and 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 spiritual fathers and stuff like that. And he asked me, "Do you have one? Like, have you ever had one?" And obviously, for me, I had you. You know what I mean? Like, sure, it, it, sure. right? And obviously, you know, you and mom, and here here you are. Not only were you know great dad, you know, spiritually minded, you know, faith filled dad, uh, but you're a pastor at the same time. So there, so that that's awesome. But but truthfully, take you off the table. And I told him, honestly, man, I can't, like, I don't know that there was any other older figure male uh, in my life that I went to coffee with, and I sat down and shared my struggles and, and family stuff with, and like, there, there was no, I didn't have that with any, pa- like, other of the pastors that right, I served with right. or under, that, that wasn't my relationship with them. And so truthfully, had I not had you... I don't know that I could say I had I would have had one at all. Now I think I've I've learned things. I think there's guys out there who have mentored me in a specific skill set, and, right. and they didn't even know they were doing it. Right. I, I I would watch them from afar. I would read some of their stuff. I would see some of their videos, and so I've received things from guys, and it's been a blessing. It, it's almost been them mentoring right. me in a certain way, right? But from afar, but but life on life contact. It, yeah. Int- I don't know. In- intentionalization. Yeah. is is the word. And so, do you even? Do you need that? Does that even have to happen? I, I think the difference, though, with you, um, and I'll use you as an example, number one is you, you, you had the biological setup that your dad was your pastor, mm-hmm. you were being monitored, so to speak, through the week in some ways that were unknown to you, Yes, and, and even when you wanted and felt called to the ministry, 
even though at first, you know, you went off, went to school, did the things that you did, you know, there were moments you had someone you could pick a phone up to and say, hey, what do you think about this? I'm thinking about this message. Let me bounce this off you. And so we had those conversations. Yep. So you were set up in a way that is different than Most. 99% yes. of, the, of the young For men sure. that are out there. And so you ask the question, does everyone really need one? My answer is, I think yes. Okay. I, I think it's as big a yes as every child needs a biological mom and dad. Okay. And you know me on cultural engagement. Yes. And the whole confusion there is out there on what constitutes a family. Yes. And I know this is not the podcast that we're getting into that, but I believe a child is best served by a mom and a dad. Yes. Both. Now, can they get by without either one? Sure. And many have. But I, I don't think that's optimum. Yeah. So to the one that's out there that's saying, well, I don't know what to do. I mean, I, I mean, first off, I think they have to identify their own desires. I mean, if you don't desire that connection, you're not going to, you're not going to okay. want it, work with it, reach out for it. All my life, I'm 60 years old. And to this day, I still want somebody older than me that I can look to and say, you know, I've got a lot of wisdom under my belt. I've been doing it for four, preaching the gospel 40 years, but it's still helpful to me to reach out to that person and say, hey, listen, I, I, tell me is what there, you think. Is there anything, though, pa past prayer, past God, please show me, send me someone? Like, what can, a, what can a younger, what can the son do, the son who is looking for a spiritual father, but but no one wants to step into that role? Like, you, you know, and, and like, that's that's kind of where we're getting at, is right. because here's what, I think, I think there's more in your generation who... Who are or understand this, under, see the value in being a spiritual father, and have at one point in their life done that for someone beneath them. Right. But my fear for my generation is, like I'm go back to, if all we're doing in my generation is raising up a lot of preachers and teachers, then what happens whenever I'm 60 years old, but no one in my generation wants to step into being being a spiritual father because they've never seen the value in it or or cared about it? Like, well, you'll have a denomination. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you have district superintendents and bishops, and you have hierarchical arrangement where you have somebody who's over you yeah. in the Lord, but there's no relational connection, and honestly, it's th 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 they're only there to facilitate the organizational administrative aspects, yep. you know, to the ministry, whatever that may mean. So you'll have a denomination, gotcha. is, is what has happened. Uh, I don't know that I have a, a clear answer to what needs to take place. I Again, I don't know that I was always one who felt like a spiritual father. When I started, I was, of course, I pastored when I was 24. Yeah. Uh, I, I was barely capable of being a biological father, yeah. much less a spiritual father. Plus, <laughs> I'm not going to be a spiritual father. Who I'm 24 years old to, what, a 30-year-old? Yeah. Or a 40-year-old, yeah. 60-year-old? And even as you age, you could you can be a great pastor, communicator, have all the skills and giftings and be 40 years old, but it's hard to be a father to anybody that's older than you because it yeah. just, I'm not saying it can't happen or hasn't, yeah, but it's, it's just, just an awkward yeah. thing. But when you get to be my age at 60, it begins to be a much easier thing. Right. Because age-wise, your generation looks at me and says, you've got, you know, you just got some events under your belt yep. that could be of assistance to me and help to me, and so that connection is that much easier. So you, you almost have to wait until maybe the generation of, of, of pastors that are out there now that are maybe in their 
uh, mid 40s and 50s kind of eclipse 60 and then that'll start happening now what what takes place to the guys who are waiting i don't know that i have a great okay. answer for that i'll tell you in my life to me all you will never you will never get what you desire unless you pursue it yes. i mean it's just it's pursuit okay. i i wanted a pastor in my life even when i was a pastor you, let me let me pause you right there because i think that what you just said is is profound and it's scriptural you wanted a pastor so so let me say this to everyone in in my generation right the the son so to speak generation is what scripture would say is when you receive a prophet as a prophet you get a prophet's reward that's what the bible tells us right. and and so you have the choice as to what someone will be in your life you might you might sit under you might have a, a pastor like figure titled person in your life but if you don't receive them as a pastor then you don't get a pastor like like i always tell people at, at times like i can i obviously i'm a pastor at a local church right i'm a teaching pastor and i tell guys underneath me all the time i can be whatever you want me to be i can be clay that's a friend and if you just want to receive me as a friend all you're going to get is a friend exactly but if you want to receive me as a pastor then you get the benefit of having a pastor in your life but understand when you receive me as a pastor i'm going to be the pastor in your life i'm not going to be just the friend all the time which means i'm probably going to say some things you don't agree with I'm probably going to call some things out that you're not going to exactly, like at, exactly. at times. Yeah. And, and so what you just said is is right. You wanted a pastor. You pursued one. And pursuit is the key. Uh, and I think it's a scriptural key, too, about pursuing. You pursue the Lord. I mean, there are things you pursue in order to uh, apprehend. When Elijah looked at the school of the prophets, which were all aspiring uh, prophetic ministry, he told them at one point in 2 Kings chapter 2, you know, when he's heading towards right. the... Uh, whirlwind and uh, the chariot of fire, he told them, he said, wait here. And Elisha refused to wait. I'm he, not waiting. I'm going with he you. He kept saying, no, I'm going to follow you. Yep. I'm going to follow you. And he did to the end. And of course, he received the mantle. So there is a principle yeah. of pursuit that takes place that you won't, you don't get anything you don't choose to pursue. And I would simply say to your generation is this, that you, in some ways, uh, and again, uh, I hate to be hard and fast, but... but this the, is a hard and fast <laughs> moment. I don't know that this is a hard and fast moment. <laughs> but at what you have a response. I've had people, I've had what we would call those who are aspiring into ministry be disappointed okay. with me because I didn't do something for them that maybe I was supposed to do. And uh, I'm not saying I always function perfectly. I probably, I, 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 you know, everybody missteps. But the fact of the matter is, where were they in the pursuit? Yeah. Where were they in the saying, "Hey, do you have time? Can I? Hey, can I buy you the cup of coffee? Yeah. Hey, can I? Can I find some time with you to sit down and let's talk about my future? I mean, at, you know, these are things that are important pursuit items that uh, have to be implemented in the younger one's life as they're looking, you know, for the future. I may not be able to open a door. I may have to look at you and say, listen, dude, I, at this point, I can't open a door. I don't think you're ready for an open door. Yep. And, and I may have to say things that you don't want to hear. Uh, and I could be right, I could be wrong, but that will never get ironed out. What's the Okay, so let me ask you this, because I've, I've sat in the seat before. I've been probably the, the younger one in this situation, in right. this scenario, where I've felt like I was ready for something. I felt like I was ready for another step, an open door, an opportunity, uh, and it wasn't coming as quickly as I would have liked. Uh, 
moments of frustration came. I felt I felt delayed. I felt like I can't. Uh, there's a ceiling on me. I got to break past this ceiling, and I don't know if I can even do it at this local spot anymore. I got to leave. I got to go. Right. I've had all those feelings. Mm-hmm. Right. I think a lot of us can identify with that. And so, wh- how would you like? Being being the one sitting in the father seat in that senior leadership seat, how would you appreciate someone approaching you and sharing their heart with this is where I like how how would you like that going down versus them just being full of gossip, full of resentment and right. bitterness, and then coming in marching in one day and saying, Right, I'm done, I'm out of here. <laughs> like, no, nobody'd want that. Right. I mean so 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 help 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 the younger ones understand if you feel like you're reaching that point here's perhaps a good way to come to your senior leadership and lay it out how would you how would you appreciate someone sharing that with you well i think communicating saying hey do you have opportunity uh, i'd like to set up a meeting talk to you and 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 make sure you're communicating what it's about yep. you, you can say hey i just want to talk about the future i appreciate opportunities that uh, are available here. I'm just kind of exploring and want to explore to see is it maybe there maybe I'm ready to do some other things. I'd like to talk about those possibilities, you know. And and that way everybody's defenses are down. I mean, I can tell you as a pastor, maybe not everyone does this, but for me, I guess I've just you've been in so many challenging meetings through the years that when someone says, "Hey, I need to catch up with you and have a meeting," your mind initially Worst goes to case scenario. what's what's the bomb that's going to get dropped yes. here. That's yes. how you always feel. So to be able to reach out and say, "Hey, it's nothing negative. It's positive. I'm just I'm 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 trying to figure out my future on some things, and and I was just hoping we can catch up and have that conversation." I don't know of many senior leaders that would be, you know, that would aggravate them. I really don't. I wouldn't have been aggravated uh, when the conversation started. Yeah. We'd have to hear, kind of, "Hey, what are you thinking? What are you seeing? What are you doing?" And uh, and and the person approaching me has to realize that if you're if you're going to drop you know, kind of the truth bomb that says, hey, I no longer feel fulfilled at what I'm doing. I, I need something else. Yeah. You know, that's going to flag me by saying, okay, do I have something else to be able to give them? Or yep. if I don't, then in my mind, I'm already starting to say, well, then probably there's an end date yep. to this relationship potentially, because if he's feeling frustrated and I can't provide an outlet for that, then I'm not, I'm not sure how I'm going to fix that aside from, you know, just saying, hey, are, 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 you know, helping him to work through his feelings or what are you hearing or why do you think you're ready or have you thought about this? You know, I, I mean, there are a hundred different ways that conversation could go and all of them could be positive. But again, unless there's this conversation and unless, you know, the senior one understands that, hey, these guys have aspirations. Yeah. And those who are younger realize, hey, the senior leader's got to achieve some goals, and he's got some hills right. he still wants to take, too, and he needs some help doing that. Unless there's a conversation that takes place, um, what happens is it just becomes this uh, – <laughs> it just becomes replacing people in positions in order to keep going forward, and that's not exactly family. Yeah, yeah. If you think about family, though, Clay, think about it. Everybody knows through family, as you grow in a family, your responsibilities change. Yep. Uh, you know, what you can do in a family changes. It, it all changes. You're still my son, yep. but it's not the same as when you were 12 years old. Yep. But we're still family, yep. and that can be a good thing. Yep. Do you, would you would you encourage someone like on a, on a if you're serving on a church staff if you're serving at a local body in a paid position to 
do, I mean, I guess you should pretty quickly identify. I think so, if, I, that, if this is a is this a family is this a family place or is this a more well, I, I, I don't think structured. Well, I, th- place. I, I think you can I'd probably identify that fairly swiftly. Because then that'll, that that'll show you then that that'll help right size your expectations. Uh, absolutely, because forward. because unmet expectations is the breeding ground of offense and gossip and criticism and all the rest. So you knock out, you know, your expectation of you put an expectation on something that wasn't going to be. I can't I can't have an expectation on something that isn't there. I can't get. I can't get milk from a dog. I have to have a, you know, I have to have a cow. Here's something though that I, that's not this. This this wasn't fair, and this is why this is why we're encouraging everyone, man. If you can have these conversations, have these conversations because the expectation is so key. Uh, Because I I was at a place one time where um, I felt like. Uh, the Lord was leading us to move on from a certain place, and I remember going uh, and expressing these thoughts to my my leader, my pastor. Uh, that you know, I feel like God's in this, and and this is this is where He's leading us, and it's going to be away from <laughs> from this place. And and so many times, I mean, all that's heard is. I don't want to serve under you. I'm leaving. I don't yeah. like your lead. I mean, no matter sure. how nice you say it or humble you try to say it, sometimes that's I, all that's ever heard. Um, and so, but I remember kind of what was said back to me was, "Well, this is basically disappointing because I, you know, I thought you were a son of the house." And and I was kind of like, "Whoa, hold on!" Like because up to this point, I don't feel like family language well, it, is what was happening okay. here. And so I feel right. like that's an unfair. It's a good point that's that, an unfair. that you're making. But you see, he had that in his mind that was never communicated or demonstrated, at least in yes, your mind. Yes, it was. Yeah. And so that's. So I was like, oh, I don't know that. That's so, kind of fair. So but. so we won't we won't uh, evaluate motives or or anything of that nature. He he may have well genuinely thought that. Right. 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 But but. Again, it was never spoken. He, he may not have been equipped to do that. I mean, okay. so this is this is, you know, the hard part. This, and I know we have to wrap up because yep. we've gone yep. a little long on this one. But let me just say one last thing. Go for it. Uh, that if I were, if if we were truly in a good relationship, and I could look at, I could look at that younger aspiring leader from yep. across the table like we are now, and say, listen. <laughs> I love you. I want to facilitate your future. I'm not. I'm not yanking you around. I want to facilitate your future, but I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know that you have the ability at this point to be a senior leader or yep. to communicate with with a way with the skills to be a senior leader. Yep. I'm not saying you can't develop. I'm not against me helping you develop that. Mm-hmm. But if if you're saying give me a mic and put me on a platform, I'm looking at you and saying it isn't going to happen because you just ain't there yet. Yeah. Now, are, do we need to map out a way that we can find out if that potentiality exists? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm willing to talk about that. But right now, no. I'm not going to throw yeah. you the microphone yeah. and let you go out before the congregation because it won't do them any good and it isn't going to do you any good, and it's going to give you a false sense of ability. So right, are, right. Are, is your generation prepared to have that level of challenging conversation yep. and to be able to not walk away offended yep. and say, oh, he, he doesn't know what I'm called to? No, I understand. And, and I'm not here to challenge your call. Yep. I'm just here to challenge some of your skills you currently have. And what have. I would say to our generation is if you want that spiritual father so bad, then you got to be prepared for when fathers say difficult right. things. It's like driving. It's like you saying, Dad, give me the keys. I want to drive. I'm saying, son, you're 12 years old. Yeah. You're, you're des- I believe yep. your destiny is to drive. 
drive. Yeah. But I can't throw you the keys right now. Yeah. Because yep. if I did, you'd wrap that thing around a tree. Now yep. you may not believe that, but I'm telling you, I know that for a fact. Yeah. Can we yeah. have that conversation, yeah. or is that is that out of bounds? Or you'll feel like I wasn't affirming, encouraging, okay, and facilitating. Your call. That's good. That's good. All right. I, I, you know, we don't want to disappoint. Yep. And and we understand that's a sensitive area yep. because it's personal to yep. you. So yep. it's just some things to think about. Really good conversation. Really good thoughts. Hopefully, this has stirred up some uh, some thoughts, thought provoking stuff uh, for you uh, wherever you're at and and wherever you're listening from. But bottom line is, we know spiritual fathers are necessary. We want to be good fathers in seasons. We want to be good sons in seasons. Communication is key. Right-sized expectations is key. And uh, and yeah, man, this is all good stuff. And and for my generation, we don't just want, in, in 20 years from now, we don't just want a bunch of preachers and teachers and no pastors. We got to lean into this pastor stuff. We got to lean into the care of people uh, because, man, it's something that, that Jesus said we needed to be a part of. We need more fathers. And so hopefully that stirs up uh, in a lot of us who are doing uh, vocational ministry. But we love you guys. Thanks for tuning in uh, to this episode of the podcast. Uh, join us again next time. We're going to be talking about some more communicating things as we talk more about preaching and teaching specific stuff. So we love you. Uh, follow us on social media, Dad and myself, Kevin Baird, Clayton Baird. And, uh, and yeah, hopefully you uh, share the Baird and Baird podcast with some other people. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again. Thank you.